Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. loving with your host myself Pauline and my darling Kate every week Kate and I break down two shows from the TLC network the name of the network that I believe for the longest time is acronym for tender loving cat and when I found out it actually stood for the learning channel and I saw the types of shows that are on that channel my deep confusion bred this podcast each week Kate and I will randomly select Two shows to cover for the next episode by Spinning the Wheel of Shame, which has all the trashes to trash, 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 TLC and Discovery Plus shows that we will be studying. Hi, Kate. Hello, Polly. How are you? I am in a drenched Los Angeles. I'm enjoying the rain. I'm enjoying the coziness. I'm not enjoying that everything is a standstill. But, um... I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. What about yourself? How's Austin? It's good. It's been warm, nice. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm okay at not being warm. Like I am not yeah. jealous of it being warm because it's gonna be so boiling for so long. I'm like, give me the cold. Yeah. Give me the cold. Even though I'm like wearing so many layers, my electricity bill is through the roof. <laughs> fun, fun. But yeah, it's good. Okay, I am coming to you a little bit emotional and i'm going to tell you for why as they say in wales i'll tell you for why um i have been before i came on i was like doing show notes and things like that and prepping for the potty and we always need background we need some background bravo background something going on so i have not yet ventured back into vanderpump new season i didn't watch last season of vanderpump either i did Mm -hmm. i realized i didn't watch that at all so i've really been out of it but followed obviously on you know instagram right and um it started off with 
throwback to Tom and Katie when they got married, when Tom wiped his eyes on the dog at the wedding, when um, they were, when Katie had her yellow hair, when Tom poured a drink over her, when they were screaming right back in the old, old days of, of them being young kids in LA and West Hollywood and living in shitty apartments. Mm-hmm. And maybe my hormones, I really wanted to cry. I need to get a grip myself. I was like, oh, that's so sad. I remember it all. Remember the the days of um, Laura Lee and, you know, before they all became famous and had glam squads and they were just kids trying to be famous in Los Angeles, like all of us. It's been a wild ride and we we've been along for the journey. And I mean, some of these shows we've been watching for like 10 years Kate, and we so, have seen children being brought up. I mean, yeah. we're like watching it. You're right. We go on these journeys with people that we don't know, but we're convinced we do. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I know more about them than some of my friends. Like, I really <laughs> do. Because these reality shows, they drag everything out of you. Yes. And um, you see Katie when she started and then when they just got money and then when they moved into the... And now she's back in an apartment. By the way, they all live around me by the way I'm not oh gonna say God. where I live but you know where I live and um Katie lives literally right around here I they showed her building which I recognized and um Raquel lives right here as well so they all have these apartments around here oh. and I was like oh shit but yeah Katie was back in an apartment again wow like, I've um, always I've always been rooting for Katie I I think she got the bitch edit on the show. I agree. I think it was very misogynistic how Katie was represented because Tom is a terrible, by the way, Tom cheated on her constantly. Let's not forget that he'd be like, Bubba, oh, I'm so sorry. I know we're married, but I did make out with a girl in Vega. Oh, come on. Don't make it. Oh, come on, Bubba. He cheated on her. He never owned up to anything. He was a child and he lucked out more than anybody lucked out he wasn't working in any of these restaurants he was doing jack shit with his life a film crew came along and he ended up owning two restaurants in los angeles i mean it's insane and he only got on the show he only knew sandoval because he answered a craigslist ad and they were roommates and now he is a business owner in west la look at his life what he got he became famous and insanely wealthy due to a camera crew turning up at his girlfriend's work. I mean, LA is what, guys, if you've never lived in LA, it is a wild, it's like the wild west out here. It mm. is bizarre what people's lives can become. It it's really weird is. fever dream. A weird place. So I'm emotional about that, but yeah. um, I, stopped, I stopped watching that. And then um, I do need to just let you and the listeners know in on something. Now, you know, I think, listeners, you've probably gathered by now, I can be a tad obsessive. And we have discussed last week about how I suddenly got into Family Guy. I hadn't watched Family Guy for like 15 years. And then I became obsessed with Family Guy. And I watch Family Guy every night before I go to sleep. I read, I put my book away. And then I watch Family Guy just like I go to sleep. Like, I'm not kidding you. It's really weird. And so it my latest. the day that all you see is movies and sex, sex on TV. On TV. Um, <laughs> I am obsessed with that. Obsessed by it. Oh my God. So um, I get like that. I get into things. And recently 
I am turning into like a, uh, I would say maybe late 50s woman living in Apple Valley because I'm obsessed with Dateline. Now, I think I mentioned Dateline before, but I fucking love Dateline so much. Okay, when Keith Keith Morrison, it was a sleepy suburb of Connecticut. Ah, When that starts, I lose my shit. But she never thought who her husband was to become. Ah, I love it so much. I know. And they have those on Discovery Plus, do they not? Uh, Yeah, because that's what I've decided that apparently that's the only thing I'm watching now. So I found it all on Discovery Plus. I'm watching it nonstop, right? Then I also found out, Kate, this is the piece de la resistance. I found that there is now a, po- a Dateline podcast. There's 400, <laughs> 485 episodes. Oh, my God. So I just let it play. And then I went and I found there was a section that was released at Christmas, and it's Keith Morrison reading Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I honestly, like, but in the style of Dateline narration, I lost my shit. I don't know what's happening with me. I don't know if I really need an exorcism or I need a new life, but I am obsessed now with Dateline and I cannot stop. And I'm always, and it starts and I hear that voice and I'm like, Ooh, and most of the cases I'm like, yeah, I remember that case. Always talking out loud to myself. I I know he did it. I mean, it's the husband every single time. We all know it's the husband every single time, but you get that thrill at the beginning. You get that thrill and I'm I'm out there. And I'm just, it also plays into my fascination, which I've spoken about at length, ad nauseum, of these small town America. Like right. these towns where these women and men, they fi- finished um, high school, got married, had a great, they look like they have a perfect life, dead ordinary, living in an ordinary street. Then you find out she's having sex with his brother. They plotted a murder and they got life insurance policies and they did away with the mother. Then they murdered the father. And you're like, sorry, what? They need some excitement. It's boring in those towns. Sorry, that's flippant, but it's crazy. Hey, so I just wanted to let everybody know, if you can't get enough visual (laughs) dateline, there is a dateline podcast and it has over 485 episodes and I'm going through it. I'm just racing through it. I had no idea. So these episodes are them just in audio format telling That's you about That's what I these... thought. It's not, they haven't edited it to be like a fancy podcast. They literally just put the audio of every single show oh. on there. It's okay. amazing. Oh my goodness. And, and Lester Holt. Oh, oh, I hear Lester Holt and keep, and uh, investigated by Lester Holt. And then Lester. he starts, I'm like, I'm just, I am just jizzing everywhere. Listen to all. I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Well, thank you for letting me know and letting the listeners know. I think you'll be really happy with what I've been binging lately. What? One of your favorite shows, What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Talk about a great theme song. Oh, it is Nadja. Nad Guillermo. Oh, I love oh, it. I love so it. good. I just watched the episode where Guillermo has made friends with <laughs> this uh vampire hunting kind of crew of nerds. Love it. Love it. And love it. they're like Craig Robinson. Like, 
Yes, Craig Robinson. And the roommate of um Jonah Hill's little sister, Bernie. Yep, 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 yep. She yep. has turned into a vampire and her roommate is in this club and she's like, yep. I think I found the house. And then they yeah. go and he's like, it's probably just normal people. You guys, we got to get out of here. And then it's all vampires yeah. and he kills them. <laughs> love it. Yeah, okay. dead. Yeah, dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yes. I'm so glad. Nadja is my hero. Nadja is everything I want to be in life. I love her and Laszlo just having these fuck fests all the time. But they hate each other. Really. It's... They're just mate. Everything about it is amazing. I think so my bad. my favorite thing that comes back is her lover that gets reincarnated. I love him. I love him so, so funny. much. I love that actor as well. He's great. Yes, yes. So, so. yeah, guys, if you're thinking yep. about anything, go to what we do in the shadows, go to Dateline. Um, and You got it. Yeah. And Kate, let's go on with our first show. All right. So the first show <clears throat> is a classic. Uh, our rating system of the shows is based on this number. Boy. And it is. I've seen it. You've seen it. We all seen it. My six hundred pound life. There this we go. Is how TLC describes the show, telling powerful stories in hour long episodes. TLC follows medical journeys of morbidly obese people as they attempt to save their own lives. Hey guys, this is extra special for Kate and I because we are dedicating this episode. I want to say we are dedicating this episode to Bree. And to Buzz. Now, Brie is a beautiful, wonderful listener of ours that got in touch with us a while ago uh, via Instagram. Feel free to always DM us there. And um, she let us know that if, you know, can, can I make a suggestion about certain episodes when you do a certain show? For £600 Live, this is what I want. I want these two shows. And we followed it, Brie. We listened okay. to you. And I was DMing with Brie this week because she had a photo of the most beautiful angel darling pup on her profile so of course I had to ask away and she told me all about Buzz who is who's no longer with us but with Mm -hmm. us in spirit Mm -hmm. so I want to dedicate this to Buzz as well yes we love you Buzz we love you Brie we love 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 so Brie said to us the two shows out of all of this 100 billion seasons is (laughs) Lacey B season 10 episode 5 and Dolly season 10 episode 12 and you know what Brie you are right (laughs) you nailed it really you did you really really did um before we get into the the minutiae and the details of everything I just want to say I know I'm going to try and resist talking about Doctor Now as as lengthy as I want to but I finally decided Kate we joke a lot about you know the dyed hair the barely able to, you know, formulate sentences, barely able to walk, yet he is a genius that is performing barricade surgery and cutting people open and saving lives every day. Yeah. Um, but the one thing is, is we always say he's pr- possibly hitting about one, one fifth, 100, 150, 150 years old, like unclear. So I thought, Pauline, this week, look up how old he is, Kate. Okay. Okay. Doctor now. <laughs> I, do you want me to guess? Go on, be reasonable. Really be reasonable. Okay, what okay. Of how old he is right now. Yes. His birthday's in October. Yes. Okay. What is that, Scorpio? Okay, so I'm going to say that this year, Dr. Now is going to turn 71. 
Okay, you say 71. Yeah. Legend Dr. Now was was born during World War II. He was born in 1944 and he's turning 79 years old this year. Nearly 80. Oh my gosh. I when I realized that he was born during World War II, I lost my share. I mean, this man is a legend. This man is working every single day. And he is cutting people open, performing extremely delicate surgeries, still giving it all the chat to the patients as well, still got his attitude, still the accent is as thick as the day he left Iran, which I don't understand because he's been here for like 50, 60 years, which I love. Amazing. But still, it's so thick that sometimes I'm like, sorry, what was that? Um and the best that I realized, Kate, is what he says, which you said in a previous episode that we just recorded, that every time he walks in, he goes, hey, I'll die. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, what was that? Hey, and he's saying, how y'all doing? But his, hey, I'll die. I just, I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed, Kate. So oh. we let's start off chronological. I just wanted to give that tidbit of information, Kate. Yeah, we've been... We've been needing to know his age. So thank you for looking at I love him so much. Lacey B, she is 36 years old from Washington State. She weighs 593 pounds. Mm -hmm. The angles has never changed that these cameramen and women have on these people. And it is appalling. The disrespect. They are on the ground. So they get the angle right of the stomach, right up the double, triple chins. They make sure that these people, you know, they do wet shirts that are kind of coming up so you can see their tummy. I mean, the angle of Corey? these. Corey told oh, us. Oh, yeah, Remember? he did. Yeah. It's like the cameraman would be in hell if he was any lower on the ground. Yeah. So bad. So, Kate, I don't know. Start with Lacey. I mean, where do you want to go with her? Okay, so right away we're in. We th- we get the classic stuff every episode with this show. Sure, sure. They're gonna they're gonna give us the stats. I'm this old. I live here. I have diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. I'm short of breath. I I can only shower once a month. Da, 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 da. Mm. And it's the same stuff. And then we get the terrible interview angle. And then we yes. get them naked. They always yes. show them naked in the it. shower, wiping their butt, having mm-hmm. someone else wipe their butt. So so um, she's in the shower. And then uh, she gives us a detail that she hasn't wiped her own butt for seven years. Uh, that was a tough one. That, that was, tough. was a tough one. And she introduces us pretty soon after that to her boyfriend Ricky they met online and they she says they've spent every day together ever since <clears throat> okay um she is in the midst of losing her life due to her morbid obesity she cannot yes. wipe her own ass and she surprises us with huh got a boyfriend last month i'm sorry i'm sorry can we I mean, look, all I can do is reflect on my own life when she's out there dating, dating away, getting a boyfriend, drop of a hat. And I'm thinking, Lacey, 
is this a your priority and b what the fuck really what the fuck it's quality or quantity and she's yeah. had a lot of men in her life she tells us about it she um was having a hard time holding down her service industry job and so then that's when she discovered the feeder community which we are very familiar with thanks Ooh, yeah. to Tammy from uh thousand pound sisters yep the feeder community online um it's these men that will pay her money they'll support her basically but in exchange she has to eat on camera that's their fetish is watching someone get bigger and bigger and bigger and eat and eat and eat and so she was doing that for a while she said she had like three different men that were she was with quote unquote and wow. but but Ricky's different. Ricky's different. Ricky's different. Cut, Ricky cut, is to, different. cut to him in the kitchen and her yelling, make sure you put butter in with the bacon, Ricky. And he's like, you got it, babe. And he is making her a big stack of pancakes and heaps of bacon. And then he brings her like four sandwiches all in one sitting. And she's like, yeah, Ricky's different. <clears throat> he's not a feeder. And I was like, hmm. Let's okay. chat about Ricky. Now. Okay. I had the same thoughts. She says that and she's saying, listen, I'm vegetarian. I don't cook bacon, but right. bacon cooks in its own fat, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Got it. I just wanted to make sure I, I, don't, I don't cook bacon, so I don't know, but it cook. I, I know I knew there was something wrong when she said, make sure you put butter with the bacon. It just felt wrong to me. That was also such a line. I was like, I feel like the producers were like, Tell him to make say sure it, you say put it, butter. Say it, say it, yeah, say that it, was yeah. a line. There were a few lines in here. I'm like, they made oh, her yeah. say that. But still, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so we see him and the breakfast. I mean, I've never seen. Listen, I can eat, but I. Okay, it's usual what you expect, listeners. It was stacks of these thick, thick pancakes, layers of them. I mean, maple syrup drown more butter and by the way i'm so appalled that they even call that butter it was like margarine or something there's only like lurpak the danish butter and kerry gold those are the only two butters you should ever use <laughs> what that was was like a vat of hair grease from costco or something i don't know what it was <laughs> but um anyway so she's slicing this butter on and this grease and that the spoon is not a second out of her mouth before it's in another bowl to go back to the mouth. Right. And what I noticed about her is she's actually mobile, which really surprised me because some of these people we see have no mobility. She was up. She was just, and I'm going to say it, lazy. She wanted everyone to do everything for her. She could move. Right. She sat on that sofa and ordered him. Now, Ricky is, I came to the conclusion, I don't think he was a feeder. At the beginning, absolutely. I was like, he is a feeder. Right, right. Ricky has some mental health issues yes. um, that we find out from his sister. And he also has emotion kind of, well, he has epilepsy. And mm-hmm. his seizures can come on from high anxiety, high emotional, which is a terrible, terrible infliction, affliction. Right. And, um, you know, you can see he's a very delicate soul. I'll put it that way. You can tell he's delicate. He needs, she, like the sister says, he just doesn't, he, he can't read people. He's naive. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't get relationships. So he's right. all in with her. I love, yes, baby girl. And he, it's like he's playing house. It's like he found someone to play house with. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable mm-hmm. to watch. Because it is. Sense, 
essentially she's got him like the sister says who will get on to um oof that she needed someone to take care of her and she found poor poor ricky and ricky just did everything he's like you know she and you know you can tell he's not because he's he's going like you know i mean she does have a bit of a weight problem but so do i and it's like he's overweight sure he's probably like 50 75 pounds overweight which is a lot but she's 600 pounds that isn't a little weight problem they go to that grocery store kate and that anger okay they go to this grocery store guys and it's usual none of this i know is new in my 600 pound life but always a shocking get that chocolate fudge cake they got family size of these cheese puffs they got one after the other of those frapp- Starbucks Frappuccino drinks, which is pure sugar, just pure yeah. sugar. Um, I remember drinking them when they first came out being like, oh, I was so young. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's a coffee. It is from Starbucks. It's like, then you realize it's just sugar. Right. Um, but just lines of them, lines of them going on this thing. And soda, big things of root beer, big things of crisps. And when I looked... And I saw that that register, when they're going through all of the shit that they had in that trolley, in that car, came to nearly $200. And then I sit back and I go, Kate, I don't know if you can explain all of this to me. Neither of them work, obviously. None of them work. And as we move on, we see that they get an apartment in a different state. Where is the money coming from? Uh, A lot of times on the show, it's disability checks. I, and food food stamps disability checks um yeah yeah cookies and cream ice cream uh she tells us that her greatest love in life is food mm-hmm. and it's a bigger pleasure button for her than sex she loves her and the, again classic on this show it's like my big outing is the grocery store because i like being around the food and yeah so that that's a lot um and then we get to the sad backstory. Always. Always, Always a sad backstory. I am going to give a content warning just in case um, sexual assault is triggering to you. Like, skip ahead a little bit here. But it's it's sad. You know, she, oh, she, she got told uh, by her mom. She has a very hard relationship with her mom. And she mentions very quickly that her dad was abusive, too, and then moves on and then says mm. her mom was, you know, not nice and told, would tell her, like, you were a surprise, baby. You were an accident. I had an IUD. I didn't want you, basically. Ugh. And so that is not nice to hear, obviously. And so she turns to food as comfort. And um, she says she, at like age six, was already 120 pounds. Um, by the time she's 11, she's like 200 pounds. And then the summer before third grade, she makes friends with this kid who brings her to his house. And basically makes her go to the basement where his older brother is waiting who assaults her okay and just it's horrible and she doesn't tell anyone until college when her health Mm. issues come up and she mentions it to a doctor and her mom won't even believe her she says her dad believes her so she's been through some shit All, all i'll give you all of the people on all of these episodes this always is the case they have been through trauma in their past and they turned some people turn to alcohol, some people turn to drugs, some people turn to food, and that's what happened. 
It was, I mean, it was very hard to hear about a child going through such a horrendous childhood. And what's really strange is we actually see, and I didn't realize this until the end, at the very beginning, we see an interview with the mother. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a blink and you miss it. And she just said, yeah, she was a surprise baby. And that was that. And then you never see the mother again, which I found really intriguing. They got her for an interview Mm -hmm. that evidently couldn't get her for anything else. I found that really, really interesting. I did too. I was like, okay, so they don't she? speak. They don't hang out. But the no. producers were like, hey, can we get you to kind of talk a little shit about your daughter? I thought it was odd as well. I, I'm surprised they got her for part of it and then never again. Yeah. I don't, it was yeah. strange. Yeah. So, yeah, so she tells the horrendous, horrendous upbringing, the bullying, everything you can imagine. But she went to university and it sounds like she got a degree. And like I say, she's mobile. She's up and walking around. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, she turns to food and it's like, that's it and she's just you know ballooned and ballooned and ballooned she's now with ricky she says i'm super happy he's amazing she just orders him around constantly they get this grocery shopping she sits on that sofa he puts everything away and hands her a family size bag of cheetos she's like yeah i need to get healthy oh then we meet the shining star sharon 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 is the sister of Ricky and is a pure-blooded legend. She, Ricky doesn't drive because of his epilepsy and Lacey doesn't drive. So Sharon has come along and said, listen, I'm going to drive you to Texas, to Houston, to go and meet with Dr. Now. Now they live in Washington State, they say. So it ends up taking them Five days to drive there. We see them getting ready. And what what Lacey was shouting from the bedroom to Ricky, make sure you've got my chocolate. Make sure you've got the cheese puffs. Make sure you've got the root beer. This is to go. This is what she packs to go and see a bariatric surgeon. And then Sharon's there. She always got the cig on. She loves having a cig on. Sig on and the tats out. Loves the tats out. One that says like devil's child or something on the back. I mean, she's great. She's a wild wild child. She's a wild child. So she's got a cigarette on and she's reasonably nice to Lacey at this point. And she, but she's just like, I just, you know, my brother needs a lot of help. And she explains what we kind of said at the top of the episode. And I'm worried that he's being used and I need to make sure that he's okay. And, you know, my mum wants me to take care of him. So I'm going to have to drive them. So this, so this Lacey gets in the car and starts complaining already. They are got, they've been gone for 30 minutes. And she goes, oh, I need something to eat. So they pull, I mean, you can't make this up. So she pulls over to a drive-thru. Yeah, I'm going to take a corn dog, three hot dogs. I'm going to take the burger with extra, extra bacon. She didn't mention butter in that, but extra, extra bacon. Going to get, oh, you know what, and a root beer, just to top it all off. Oh, and you know what, can you get me some mashed potatoes and gravy? 30 minutes. She goes, I just need to make sure I got some, she said, I need to make sure I got some food in me so I can carry on with this. It's like, And then what happens, Polly? Oh, uh, she shits herself. That's what happens. Then she shits herself in the car and needs Ricky to bring her a diaper in a gas station. 
I, at this point, <clears throat> I'm already angry. Constant state of anger when I watch these shows. But the abuse of her body. And I'm swear, I swear she had the cheese puffs on the toilet. I mean, I would not be surprised if she was putting that dipe on, the dipe on, having the cheese puffs. And so she's in the car. She's like, oh, hang on. I need to run into the gas station. So she runs to the gas station. He brings in the dipe. She's like, yeah, we're all good now. Gets back in the car. And Sharon is at least laughing at this point. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be laughing if someone shit themselves in my car. I'll tell you that. No. So they're stuck in this car and they're driving through state after state. And it looks so beautiful. Like the, by the way, another thing, I wish I had five days to just drive across country. This is all I ever do when I watch this. I'm like, how do you afford all of this? And why don't I have the freedom to just drive for five days and not have a care of the world? I don't I, get it. I, I I did a road trip to Iowa and back for Thanksgiving. And that that's a two-day trip. And I was done after yeah, two days. That's so true. I know. Five right. days. I mean, the car, by the end of this, I wrote down that that car must be getting musty musty is just she's like sweating but it was obviously summer as well because they're all pooping shitting herself i mean the food farting there was one point where she got in this car and and that's another thing you're staying at hotels constantly and they're very nonchalant they will just get another hotel it's because production's paying for it all right maybe they must i don't know i find it remarkable but anyway so she's um so they they get out of this hotel after another night and they go in and they're all right, ready to go. And Lisa's like, yep, I had the uh, breakfast of champions. I had a root beer, a zebra cake. What's a zebra cake, Kate? What is it? Um, we went we went through this when, um, remember the snack cakes with the so, thousand oh, pound that. sister? It's, so a it's, sna- it, it's a snack cake and it's white and striped with chocolate. So it looks like a zebra. Yeah. And I presume that's, is that Swiss chocolate, Belgium chocolate or no, uh... um, plastic? Yeah. It's <laughs> so it's, it's one of these snack cakes. Got yeah. it. I can, okay. I completely see it. Are you getting gas stations? Yes. Is she saying that's what she had for breakfast with root beer? She, yeah. Ready to go. So this Sharon is driving them and she, I mean, she's a saint for doing this. She really is. She's driving through state after state after state. And this, you know, this Ricky's like the ever the optimist, but just clueless. He's like, all right, we made it. Yay, Team Lacey. So they get in to meet Dr. Now. She's like, yeah, I'm going to be really upset if I'm 600 pounds. She gets on, she's 593. And she's like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. Just sits with Dr. And I love how y'all, his do, how y'all doing. <laughs> how y'all doing? I just, they're on here. There doing? isn't even pronunciation. It's a how y'all Sorry, That's what? Good. How So comes in the, is, with his that jet black, gorgeous hair. And he comes in and he's like, she's like, this was great. I write this down. <clears throat> so I'm looking at my notes here and it's like been dating a month, 19 hours behind and she shits herself. Yeah, I mean, my notes. Because, yeah, they were 19 hours behind schedule because she constantly stopped to eat. So then they get, they sit down. He goes, so uh, what? I can't just ask him. He's like, so what do you think is a problem? And she's like, um, too, too many carbohydrates. I couldn't. I eat too many carbohydrates. But I'm, I don't think that's your only problem. I 
don't think that's your only problem, Alicia. Uh, so she, um, he's like, I don't, I don't think it's too much. He just calls her out straight away as he does. I don't think it's that. What are you eating? Da-da. Then he looks at her medical history and her medical chart. He said she is on 30 medications a day. Yep. Kate, as everyone knows, I've had the flu for the past two weeks. I've been complaining about it constantly. I felt bad. I took one NyQuil. And I felt terrible about, I honestly was like, shit, I might not wake up. You know, you had these horrors, like I'm terrified of medication, so right. I don't take any. And I took one NyQuil and I had the flu for two weeks. 30, her body is screaming at her to be healthy. And I want to cry when I think of people that are, I know it's such a, I know it's easy to say all this, but it's all I can think about when you're with somebody that is dying of cancer when you're with somebody that's got a terrible disease. And yes, I'm being dramatic because these people need to hear this that have MS that have these terrible things they can do nothing about. Yeah. And this person is just killing herself with zebra cakes. You, you, the anger wells up in me. Oh, it's it's a tough watch y'all. If, if you haven't, for yeah. some reason, haven't ever seen it. It's really tough. And it's like a downer. Like the music, mm, the music is just like sad violin music the whole time. It's not an uplifting watch. No. And it is and it is frustrating. <laughs> and it's really frustrating when, you know, no one can take accountability for themselves or admit to anything. And so she's saying, oh, too many carbs and <laughs> this and that. And, and he says, it's clear that your body is at a breaking point because of your weight. Can you follow my instructions? And of course, he prescribes what he prescribes to everyone, a high protein diet, about uh, 1,200 calories a day, I think is what he wants him to do, 1,500, and exercise twice a day. He gives them two months to lose 50 pounds. And when you weigh that much, it it does fall off. Fall off, yeah. You can really... Honestly, all these people, if they just cut out soda oh. and like desserts, they would probably Easy. lose a hundred pounds in, a, yeah. in two months. Yep. So that's the goal. Um, and then they go back home. He comes out ecstatic as well. Sharon's still in the car with a cig on. And she's like, how did the doctor's appointment get? Amazing. Fantastic. So then we cut to month two. Great news. She's engaged, right? So Ricky's proposed. They've been together now like three months. So they're engaged. And um, we see them cooking. And I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe there's a little bit of difference here. I think she may be doing it. So in my mind, I'm always hopeful and believing everything I see on TV. And I'm thinking... I think she might do it. I think she's one of these ones that's going to be a success. I think this is going to happen. Also, I would like to add that at the beginning of all of these, they remind us, which I always forget, when you get gastric bypass sur- surgery, there is a 5% success rate. 5%. Yep. The majority of people gain the weight back. Mm-hmm. Which is, that just strikes me like, wow, 5%. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking. I think she's going to do it. I think she's lost all that uh, weight, and then we see her on a on a video call with um, Doctor Now. He's like, "Where you been? I have. A, you said you were going to check in with me. I I haven't heard from you. Where are you?" And she's like, "Yeah, I've been busy. I mean, busy, busy." She sits mm-hmm. on that sofa and eats cheese puffs all day. I mean, give me a fucking break. Oh, so. 
then uh the next notes i have is like them they're gonna move to houston this is like when everything goes down right? oh it goes down because or she's what She's come up with the idea, essentially. Dr. Nell said, listen, you live so far away, this five days here, five days back, which first met with him. She goes, you are going to check in with the doctor up there and I will Skype. She never follows up on anything. That's when they have this conversation. So she puts it upon herself of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to move to Houston. Whereas he had said, don't move here until you lose this weight. And I can see that you are moving along because you won't be accepted into the program. Nope. So she, the next scene is that she is applying to all these apartments which once again how do you apply for apartment if you don't have a job unclear um in houston and she's like we've applied to all these we're waiting for the right one and um people from my church are helping me move and this scene is her sat on the sofa doing nothing and she all these poor Mormon boys have been dragged in to move her TV. I saw their name badges, missionaries, poor boys, all came in to move all of her shit. She looked like all my friends from the church here. Unclear if she's actually part of the Latter-day Saints or she literally found two Mormon kids that were on their mission because they were dressed when they as they are when they're on their mission. They have their name badge. I was like, I think she just found them. And these poor young boys are moving her TV and moving everything into this big um, U-Haul to go to to move, to move to Houston. They haven't even got an apartment yet, but they're hoping one of these things will turn out. And she just sat there and they're like sweating and there's like 15 people moving everything. And then Sharon's like, you doing anything? She's like, I did do something. And they're like, oh, something's stirring here. Something's stirring. Mm-hmm. Sharon's back and Sharon's going to drive them. And again to Houston. So everything gets packed up. She says goodbye. And then we're back in the car with Sharon, Lacey, and Ricky. And then Kate, take it from there. Please take oh it from there. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So, again, lots of stops, lots of food. Lots. And um, they are stopped. And so the sister is basically like, starting to really prod at the relationship she wants to get to the bottom of it because she's like you two don't actually love each other she's telling the camera like they don't love each other this is codependent like she just wants him there to be her caretaker and um so they she they're sitting in the car this is the next note i have they're sitting in the car at one point and the sister just turns to her and is like your personality, I'm not saying you're ugly, but your personality is so ugly sometimes. It started over chili because oh. Sharon was eating a Wendy's chili and she's like, they only gave me one cracker. How did they give me one cracker? They should give me two crackers. Why are they giving me she's screaming about crackers? And then Lacey's like, oh, I love chili with, with onions in it. And she's like, uh-huh. And then she just, it's like Sharon explodes out nowhere. She goes, you are so ugly. And Sharon, that's the <laughs> and then Lace just goes, huh? She goes, you know, like inside, you're just so ugly. And then she's like, you're fat. You keep calling me fat. And she goes, you are fat. <laughs> and then and then Lace is like, you're fat too. And she goes, I know. I didn't say I wasn't fat. So they are just going oh. at each other, yeah. at each other over my, chilling. My favorite line was, you ain't do shit except eat and cry, eat and eat cry, and cry. Eat and cry. 
oh my it was God. amazing so Lacey's just like oh oh and then she's like I need a minute for myself but she can't even be asked to get out of the car so she just sits there Sharon's just screaming at her. she's like oh let's just get going let's just get going so you continue to go Ricky silent all of this right then the major explosion happens now yeah. I am going to need some clarity in this Kate because what I saw is Ricky sat in the back we've got Sharon yeah. driving we got Lacey next to her and it starts from, I mean, you know, Sharon has all of this shit built up and she's like, well, we're they're constantly delayed, constantly delayed because they stop constantly for food. So she says, well, you're good. She goes, I'm going to miss, we're still 11 hours out of Houston. We're in Texas, but Texas is so monstrous. They're 11 hours out from uh, monstrously big, so 11 hours out from Houston. So she's like, you're not going to make it. Your appointment's tonight. You're not going to make it. So you need to call him. And she said, this is the second one I've missed. She goes, what? And she goes, the second one I've missed. She goes, when did you miss one before? And she said, June. And she goes, well, why why did you miss it? And Lacey is like, I didn't understand all this. Because then Lacey starts to scramble. She goes, well, I couldn't afford... Like, the plane, it was to do... I think it was, well, I think... uh, I think it was... I think it was to do with the plane tickets. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. And then Sharon gets... Sharon goes, but you do have the money for that. She goes, I didn't have $1,600 for plane tickets. Then Ricky in the back starts going, you mean you could have gone there? Can you explain to me why they were getting so irate? I didn't really understand this. I didn't get what the problem was. They were getting upset because she completely like wastes her money. Because they say... um, you did all that shopping, you waste money all the time. And then now you're telling us that months ago, you could have paid to fly down here. But instead of buying these plane tickets, which are the sister keeps pointing out really cheap right now, plane tickets are cheap as shit right now. And she's instead of being responsible and being on top of her health and getting down there and buying the tickets for this appointment she was supposed to go to, she just blew all her money on junk food and bullshit. Oh, okay. That kind of makes more sense because I I wasn't getting then why Ricky was at, and then they're saying you lied, you lied, and I'm like, hang on, what? Because I don't think I don't think Ricky even knew about that appointment. Oh, like, like he didn't even know they were supposed to go or something. Like she lied about what was required of her from the doctor. I see, Brie. If if we're cor- if we're correct here or incorrect, let us know because you, you obviously know this episode or anybody else that's listening. But yeah, okay, is that what it was? Because I was like, they're getting. Is it that they didn't know she missed an appointment? Is it that she what's going? Because she's she's like the sister's putting herself out for like absolutely weeks, two weeks, weeks. basically at yeah. least to do this whole thing. No one else can drive, so she's driving the entire time, all day, every oh. day for five days in this like poopy smelling car, and now she finds out that she didn't even have to like. They could have already done this. They could have flown. They could have like she didn't even have to fucking be doing this. But the but Lacey is like so like lazy and mismanaging the money and just irresponsible. Okay, okay. That because, now she has to do it because I thought that I, I don't know why flights were being brought into it because she couldn't fly at her size. So that that's I guess that's what tripped me up. She would never be able to fly because she's too big. She wouldn't fit into a seat. So that's I think that's what got me as well when they were acting as like oh you could have flown. Well, she couldn't fly. I don't know that that was a little bit of a confusion. I, I had that thought too, but mm. I think just like for the argument's sake, okay. it was like 
wasting money, not Got giving it. a shit about everyone's time and effort. Got and it. Yeah. So then it starts to seriously escalate and they're going on, like she's going you are you need to get rid of her ricky and then ricky goes i don't know what i'm doing then they stop somewhere and there's a toilet and she and they kiss and then she and then Lisa's like i need to go to the toilet so she goes to the toilet and then ricky gets back in the car and sharon's like you need to get rid of her you need to get rid of her and then she gets in the car and then don't they say like right then we're going to a gas station dropping you off okay yeah so so how how it happens like they have that conversation which is a huge blow yeah and it's like oh my god you've been lying about this whole process and just like not mm. taking this seriously okay and so then um what the uh she's like yelling at the sister what do i need to do to get your approval stab my heart out get a yeah. knife it's like yeah. getting to that level they're screaming yeah and so then um she's like, well, Ricky, the sister's like, well, Ricky's my responsibility and -hmm. you're taking advantage of him. You don't give a shit about my brother. Yes, Mm. I do. She's like, she's up here trying to fake cry to me right now. And so they, they stop. Yeah. They stop at the rest stop. And this part is so weird because Mm. like, well, it just shows, it just shows how like easily swayed Ricky is. And that's what I thought. Yeah. And so, so Ricky, and her are like kissing behind the restrooms and like, oh, I, he's like, oh, I love you, baby. It's fine. Mm, like, we'll mm. get there, blah, blah, blah. And then they're in the car. They're back in the car after he has talked to his sister, who's like, this is fucked. You need yeah. to get. And so they're back on the road <clears throat> and it's just silent for a minute. And then Ricky's like, um, you know what? Actually, I just need you to know that I don't I don't like you lying to me and you can give me the ring back and we should probably just end this just out of nowhere after That's he was just like what I thought. Yeah, yeah I was like, sorry, yeah. what? Yeah. After he was just kissing her and stuff because his sister got in his head and was like, This is messed up. You know that she's using you and stuff. Mm. And so then that's oh, that's when um she's like that's not true i i really care about you and and the sister's like she's trying to push out fake cries like the sister is not having it blood dude and then it it eventually escalates again where the sister's like i have to stop driving right now like she's just so worked up and she gets out of the car and the sister goes i'm gonna kill you in your fucking sleep she says that. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. So, so they, the sister and brother, go into the gas station to go to the bathroom, get drinks or whatever. And we're just left with uh, Lacey. And oh she God. is, she's sitting there and she's telling us, like, well, I don't really know what to do. And I feel threatened. I don't even feel safe right now. Mm-hmm. And then she calls the cops. She calls 911 <laughs> while they're part, while she's sitting there at the gas station and they're inside. And she's just like, hi, this is my name. I'm with this woman. She's driving me down here. I have a disability and they're going to leave me here. Just and a I story won't have you tell to- a cop. I know. I was like, can you imagine what the operator was like? Sorry. I, I wish you would have added. And by the way, I'm getting filmed for my 600 pound life. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so she calls the cops. And then yep. the next thing we see is there are police and the sis and he's like, and the Ricky's like, you called the cops on me. You called the cops on me. And she's like, what? No, I didn't. She just lies. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then she's like, well, you know. Uh, and then he's like, but just get what? 
she thinks that the cops are going to come and force Ricky and his sister to stay with her and take her yeah. to the doctor. And basically she thinks the cops are going to get her now ex fiance to get back with her. It's and then they, they, and then they tell us like the cops don't do that. Like the, they are like, <laughs> we're not going to force them to take you somewhere. And so then they leave, but she's like, oh. she walks to the back of the U-Haul. She's like, oh, it's locked. I don't know how to get this unlocked. And so then Ricky comes back there. He opens it dime, up. Dime. And all the furniture comes tumbling out and the camera just zooms in on all these spilled Cheerios. It was beautiful camera work. It was just a bag of Cheerios. Why they brought that, who knows? But it is just spilled and there's cereal dust everywhere and there's all i mean it is just so disgusting it's just like uh it was the most pathetic sight the cameraman it just zooms out it's just the two of them looking at this like emptied out purse of her life essentially yeah and she just grabs like five bags and her oxygen tank Huck. and <clears throat> they go they drive off and so she's, like, she's just like to the police officer, can you just help me over here? So she goes to a hospital. And once again, she wants to be taken care of. She's like, she leaves the hospital. She's like, oh, I thought that I was going to be able to stay there overnight. And, you know, production was like, fuck, let's get her a hotel room. So production obviously got her a hotel room. And then we find out that she she knows a lot of people. She's like, I um, there was somebody from my hometown that was doing a road trip and happened to be in Texas. It's so random. So they're going to take care of me, which is just the operative words, just always about someone taking care of her. Um, So this older woman, or I don't know, whatever, like middle-aged woman comes over and um, she's got her kids with her. And what you gather is that they're coming down to Houston to perhaps move there. And so they were like, oh, I'll drive you. So they drive her to the Dr. Now appointment. She gets to the appointment. Dr. Now's like, who's this? So she explains all of that. Where's your boy? Oh, he's he's broken up with me. Where do you live? I don't live anywhere. He's like, well, you have you have a lot of things going on in your life. And how much weight did she lose, Kate? Did you did you note that in five months? Zero or wait. She lost 10? 16 pounds right. in five months. Right. Then she says to the doctor, well, I understand that, you know, sometimes like I can't expect to eat fast food and lose weight. Uh, I just, and doctor now gives this very intense uh, speech to camera about how she makes terrible life decisions. She's impulsive. She doesn't think anything through. And that's why she's a disaster. Essentially, I was like, doctor, now. Yep. And so she, he's like, but you still have your apartment back home. And she's like, well, yeah, it's empty, mm. but yeah. And so she goes back, she gets her lease started up yeah, back there. She has the people at the church bring back her, some of her furniture for her. And pretty much she's like, I'll move back in. Mm. And then her and her, we, her friend, her church friend, Renee comes mm-hmm. over and apparently they're going to move in together. And she's like, well, maybe we'll just get a one bedroom. <gasps> and Renee goes, we're not getting a one bedroom, not, yeah. two bedroom this, at least. Yeah. This was an older woman and she was just like, no. Um, and we will also add that um, Ricky and his sister, everything that was left in the U-Haul 
they fucking donated to a charity shop. Now, that what was so dark is that was the woman's possessions of photographs and childhood stuff. That cut me deep. Like, I was thinking if I had to pack everything to a U-Haul, God forbid, I'd have, like, ashes in there. I'd have, like, all of this personal stuff and photo albums. And, uh, you know, when you're on your own and you don't have family that can hold stuff for you or you have a family home, and you have which she doesn't seem to have and I don't have, all your stuff is with you. Right. So that goes, no one else has it. You're left, yeah. like, it's all gone. And yeah. that really struck me for her. I was like, that's dark of those two, man. That was nasty of them. They mm-hmm. definitely could have brought it to her church or something. I know, I didn't like it. Um, so buckle <clears throat> up, Renee. <laughs> oh. oh, there's a line I did want to say. Mm. Um, so after the Cheerios fall... Mm. And they're standing there. Mm. She just kind of randomly says, thank you for wiping my butt. Thank you for wiping my butt. Yeah, because he was like, I wiped your butt. She's like, thank you, thank you. Oh, guys. That was... I feel like I've been through a 10-car pileup at this point. That was a lot going through all of that. Yeah. It was. And in the end, did she follow up? Did she lose any weight? Did anything change? No, absolutely Mm. not. She's still the exact same. And that Ricky is so, you're right. He was just so easily persuaded. It was bizarre. It was like, he was like, I love you, honey. I love everything. Then next day he's like, bye. It was. Um, Then we move on to another winner. Guys, Brie, you really gave us two doozies. (laughs) This this Dolly. Now, this is one that I was even more angry at, if that's possible. Dolly, we are introduced to in her. Dolly's only 25 years old. That's yeah. it. 20, a very young woman. Yep. Her poor mother, right? Her mother's situation was that her ex-husband, Dolly's father, was a drug addict, left the house. She had to raise her daughter on her own. Dolly, like her mother was working two, three jobs, raise her. The ex then ends up killing himself. Um, he was, you know, a drug addict. And I think this. I think he was getting clean or something, but he had gathered some type of relationship again with Dolly as she was a teenager. So she felt like she was getting close to her father and then the father kills himself. So the mother had to deal with that. This is all very abridged, by the way. And then Dolly ends up meeting someone who's a complete loser and horrible and abusive to her and a feeder and just terrible. And of course, what does she do? The most sensible thing gets pregnant. They are, CPS, which is Child Protective Services, come in. They won't even allow these two to keep the child. That's the state they're in. And so then her mother has to take care of the child. We never see this child in the show, by the way. We never see the child. Um, And the mother is then left trying to work, I'm sure, um, with raising her grandchild and this dolly that does nothing to help herself. Nothing. It's and I said she's just a constant victim. Her whole life is a victim. Has she had some terrible things happen to her? Absolutely. Has everybody or majority of people in life? Absolutely. But what this woman, she's a woman, twenty five years old. The greatest day of my life was giving birth to my daughter. Really, and you've done nothing but injure that daughter more and more and more. 
And <clears throat> okay, I skipped around a lot in this, so you're probably gonna have to fill in because I saw um the breakfast she made with this enabling friend as well, which was totally random. This woman, it made me physically ill. I don't eat eggs. And this, she was eating like a, pl- I actually feel nauseous thinking about it. It was like scrambled, big, massive plate she shoved in her mouth. Then she had these sausages. She was, it was just, and then she was white drinking it with, and I don't drink milk. I, milk makes me physically away. Anyone wants to drink milk, I, I cannot fathom. You want to eat eggs from a chicken which is her ovulation and then you want to drink out of the udder of an animal it's disgusting anyway (laughs) it makes me so ill um and so she then she's this like pint full of milk that she's gulping I was I was so nauseous watching it I was like that that was one of the parts I skipped I skipped around too so um so Basically, yeah, she's got a terrible, toxic uh, baby daddy. Mm-hmm. And then um, she's like saying the mom is toxic or whatever, which I was like, Ugh. maybe I missed something. But I was like, is she? No. It seems like she did a lot. And then um, she meets with Dr. Now and it's like what's the deal? And she's like, Oh, I snack too much. Um, and the, the mom is like, yeah, I mean, I give her as much as I have, but then she snacks and he's like, well, where are the snacks coming from? Well, I buy the snacks, blah, blah, blah. Same thing. And I mean, it's just shitty. It's just shitty. She doesn't work. Mm. She eventually gets another boyfriend who like has a weird frog frog backpack. Isn't he homeless as well? Yeah, and he doesn't have a job. He's getting disability checks and they're using those, that money to stay in a hotel and then they're using the food stamps. They've known each other for six weeks when he goes with, he oh shows up with God. his frog backpack to Dr. Now's office with her. And then um, she loses 10 pounds in three months. She's oh eating apparently 5,000 calories a day. He sends her to the um, psychiatrist to meet with her mom. And she's like, oh, does this mean I'm approved? And he goes, no, it means I'm very concerned about you. Yeah. So then um, the psychiatrist is like, well, let's trying to build up the self-confidence because she has no self-confidence like a lot of these folks. And it's like, well, what are you good at? And she goes, failing. And he's like, okay, well, we have to find something better than that. Mm -hmm. And then they bring the mom in and she he's like well you must be really kind of tired of raising her at this point right and the mom's like i'm sorry honey no offense but yes i'm tired and um then the mom's like and i've had this you know the her kid is three and a half years old i've had custody of the kids since she was six weeks old and she's like leave instead of taking care of the kids she's leaving to go be with this abusive ex-boyfriend instead of with instead of with the um homeless guy and it's just a it's just a mess it's a mess and it ends a mess as well right she doesn't lose any of the weight and she ends up and she ends up moving back in with the mother right yeah so she gets back well at one point wait i want to bring this part up because Mm -hmm. at one point she's getting when she's getting back with the Mm ex-boyfriend she's she's like this was so sad she's like 
Well, it'll be, I think it'll be better though, because he's actually asking me to be more of a sister wife because he's actually with someone and I'll come in and be more like a sister wife. So then that girl, that girl can be the buffer for when he's being mean. And I was like, Oh, it is, it's, it's not nice. It's bad. So that was her. And it's that very, was a, yeah, she's, yeah. and I, I did a little bit to look at what happened to her. Looks like she posted on social media with her daughter, but I don't think anything's changed with her health. Mm. So it is, dep- I mean, my 600 pound life, I understand we had to cover it, Kate, because it is what, if the wheel of shame asks us, we, we follow the wheel of shame. Right. Um, and it is so integral to our podcast. It's one of TLC's favorites, our rating system, blah, yep. blah, blah. But, um, it's not an easy watch at, no. by any means, guys. So don't think there's anything lighthearted about any of these episodes. But once again, we dedicate this to Brie and Buzz. And thank you, Brie, because you did suggest two ones that were, there was a <laughs> lot going on. So good suggestion. Yeah. So guys, yeah. remember, if we pull any show on here that you like, DM us at uh at tender loving care podcast or email us at tender loving care podcast at gmail.com um second show second show should we go on to that kate yeah let's do it way different <laughs> it's i mean it really i mean is it a palate cleanser uh i don't know but i what i do know is i just lost what i was no i've got it right here okay we are going to move on to our second show which is going to be, um, this is me trying to look for my notes right here, guys. That's why. Oh, I got it. All right. And it's so lengthy as well. Okay. The second show is I bought a dump. Now what? Okay. I will repeat that again because I want to give a little emphasis on how that's supposed to be. So it's really be read and appreciated. I bought a dump. (laughs) Now what? By the way, we didn't rate six hundred pound life. Oh, I think it's got to get the six hundred. Absolutely, yeah. I just wanted to say that. Okay, so yeah. Homeowners who have purchased dilapidated properties try to renovate them into their forever home. Uh, guys, this is what the show's about. It is cu- overprivileged. Actually, that's not true. Not overprivileged. It's couples who don't understand what they do, how they earn money, and how they can spend just like a year redoing houses and they all turn out great i had already watched no well guys thank you for tuning in to the last ever episode (laughs) of tender loving care i will no longer have a relationship with kate um what do you why did you watch this you need to you need to be need watching to below deck, not this shit. I know. I don't know. What? It's an HGTV show. I had watched it. I like home renovation shows. You I do. Think it, you do. I think it yeah. was just like, oh, what how are they gonna transform? Like I love I get here's the thing. I get the urge to want a historical home. Absolutely. Beautiful history, Absolutely. amazing, yes, you know, yes, everything. Yes. It's they built them differently back then. Yes, I totally get it. But some of these are crazy. Like we have Sam and Sean, who mm. are just like blonde pieces of bread, and mm-hmm. so they have 
a 1860s farm. She's mm. like, I just love like my grandparents had a farmhouse. And so I was like, I want a farmhouse. And so they get this 1860s farmhouse mm. that's been vacant for 12 years. They bought it for $25,000. 25, are- 20, it was $25,000, but there's a reason it was $25,000. Yeah. And then they tell us how much they're putting into it. They have $100,000 of their own life savings. And then they got $300,000 in loans from the bank. Mm -hmm. So they are putting 400, well, and plus the 25. So 425, basically. No, they said their budget was 375 because they took that 400, took the 25 to purchase it. But yeah, they've 370. And she's like, look, I know most people you can buy a house for that because they live in richmond michigan so i'm sure you can buy a lot there but of course she so i don't know so wild yeah they just and it's all then we have like detroit michigan birmingham alabama bought a 1925 house for eighty nine thousand. they have a hundred thousand dollar budget and all you know i think what really annoyed me is just all these couples were sickeningly like saccharine like we are so in love and we are doing this together and it's amazing. It's like, shut up. I was not in the mood. Kristen, Kristen with her dad, Poncho, I think has the most intriguing, like quote unquote storyline because so her and her dad flip houses, like he's like the handyman. And then, you know, she kind of designs it and finds the houses Mm. and she, she moves to Detroit to be closer to her boyfriend And then she's insistent that the boyfriend doesn't, but this house is for them. Right. She's like, my thing is I'm going to buy this house and my boyfriend's going to love it. And then he's going to move in and we're going to live happily ever after. Well, she doesn't even want him to see it. Cause she's like, he won't believe me that this will turn out. And then I'm pretty sure I watched a few episodes and I'm like, back when I watch this and I'm pretty sure that they end up like breaking up and it's like oh it looked like that he's an orthopedic surgeon works every hour god sends and more and he's kind of like "Eh, no we're right thanks I'm (laughs) I'm good I'm good yeah so Um, if you like a big transformation and you want background show I think it's okay but Kate here's the deal I'm all for this if they went into where are the dead bodies where are the hauntings? Because everybody knows if you are a parapsychologist like myself, um, you know that paranormal activity is very often triggered by two elements. One, usually prepubescent and pubescent children. And two, when you start doing renovations. You, when you start moving a house around, knocking down walls, the paranormal activity will go through the roof and literally, and also dead bodies. Where were all the like, oh shit, we've just, you know, excavated a skull. None of that happened. So why am I watching any of this? Okay. Well, there were no skulls, but what about the little children's nursery? They found the hidden children's nursery. Where are the ghosts? None reported, so no. I'm not interested. Okay. <laughs> I was, I, I was expecting dead bodies and hauntings, and I got neither. So, Kate, you, you enjoy that because I'm giving it two, no, ten out of six hundred. Ten, okay, okay, um, guys, <clears throat> what are you going to give it, Kate? You know, I'll give it seventy-five. I kind of liked Good. it. Yes. <laughs> Well, guys, it's time. It's that time of the party. I know we've been chatting and chitting and chatting and chitting. 
Um, so let's head on over to the greatest, to, to the to the to the entity that predicts everything about this 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 podcast. We are going to go over to the wheel of shame. <gasps> All right, guys, we are at the wheel of shame. We are ready to spin this birch. Uh, Kate, preference, preference. I would love to get to Alaskan women looking for love. Like I want like a huh. weird kooky love show. I, I want yes. that MILF manner. That's so weird. I'm actually looking at that right now. I've been keeping up with it and it is dark, but in Ooh. a good way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd be obviously Alaskan women looking for love. And there's stuff like fatal vows like that. Mm. And you know, my other one that I'm really excited about is prison wives. Oh, really yeah. excited about that Absolutely. um all right guys let's go oh curse of the chippingdales that looks great <laughs> all right um let's start to get our first show for next week three two one there's also escaping polygamy finding bigfoot as well we love that all right Ooh, let's yes. see we are get oh no no okay um <laughs> what is it I'm saying no because this is really dark, really dark. Okay, okay. but dark in a way that I would watch this on my, you know, between Dateline, between whatever I'm doing, I would watch this. But there's going to be a lot of shit to cover in this. It's the documentary, The Price of Glee. Oh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, and it's probably going to be a really good documentary. But it's going to be sad because it's basically following the quote unquote curse of the so many people in Glee that died right um yeah yeah okay guys so the price i think that'll be an interesting one to cover i think we'll have a lot to talk about a lot to talk about um that's just a one-off it's a it's a uh little docu so that's gonna be our first one the price of glee so that's gonna be dark so it would be good if we could do a a light one here yeah okay a light one let's spin the wheel the wheel whatever you give us we will receive with joy Three, two, one, spinning. All right, let's see. Come on. Comes, 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 comes. We have got, oh, 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 yeah. What is this? What is this? What is this? Oh, oh, uh, uh. okay. I think we've done this one Uh or it was the offshoot to it. Mysteries of the Abandoned. We did that, didn't we? We did that. Okay, sorry. Remove that. All right, let's spin again then, guys. We go again. Three, two, one. Spin. all right let's come on let's do a light light bright funny looney tunes people we have got yeah this is a good one this is a good one who the bleep did i marry yeah yes. <laughs> all right thank you wheel of shame brother in christ thank you so much we are so appreciative oh Hey, that's going to be good. That's, that's going to be good. And guys, there's like a ton of seasons of that. So we'll pick some good. I want like a scam artist. That would be Absolutely. really great. Yeah. All right. Whew, we chatted a lot. We are going to go and put ourselves to bed because it's been yeah. a long night. But guys, um, as always, thank you so, so much for tuning in. You're beautiful and amazing and we love you. And go and follow us. All of our links are in the show notes. So please, please, please go and check that all out. We will be back next week. And once again, thank you, Brie. And thank you, Buzz. We love you. Um, Kate, any last words? Uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com, tender, love, and care pod. And tell a friend. And we love you. And thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.